Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. Uh, unfortunately, your usual intro man, Mr. Pat, is unable to make it tonight. He is on a lovely vacation with his family. Uh, but don't you fear, we have an awesome episode planned. Uh, real quick, though, before we get into it, uh, wrapping up the final kind of couple drives for the Children's Organ Transplant of America for Wesley. We got the Tropical Island still for raffle for another week. Uh, lots of interest in that. Uh, that's going to be raffled off uh, the f- Monday following this episode episode coming out so you'll have about three days to get your last couple raffle tickets in uh if you're listening to this on release day uh also it's a bit of more narrow uh interest so i think we might do a silent auction style uh but we had a very generous donation of a foil japanese bojuka bog from ryan o'laughlin so uh because that's a bit more narrow interest but the people who want it i think would really really want this sweet piece um we're gonna do a silent auction style to raise some more money for uh the charity drive Uh, So check out the Facebook page for all that uh, and some other cool stuff going on there. I think we're going to start a T-shirt drive again. So if you missed out on the first run of the Leaving a Legacy T-shirts, we're going to have another go. Uh, But let's get into the meat of today's episode. Uh, We have an awesome guest, uh, Carrie Ng. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on. I'm 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 glad we get to uh, sit down and kind of talk shop a bit because you posted a, uh, a sp- actually it wasn't even you. Someone posted in the uh, uh, Leaving a Legacy Facebook group a spicy list that uh, five owed a Magic Online uh, league that had everyone talking. So figured it was only fitting to have you on and kind of talk about the deck firsthand. Yeah, the deck I five owed with is the the lumberjacks, or it was called red green things for a while. <laughs> good, <laughs> off to a good start. Yeah, red green things. <laughs> yeah, so I've been messing around with this type of deck for the past two months now, or in May, so it's like three months. But uh, somebody posted in the lands Discord a link to this thread on the source by Adrian. Uh, it was like this red green deck that focused on powering out. Uh, Titania, Protector of Argoff, and then abusing it with, like, Sylvan Safekeeper. You have the Turbo Dark Deaths combo in it, so I was like, this is a pretty interesting deck. <laughs> I mean, I'm hooked already. Uh, Titania's been one of my favorite cards since that card was printed. It was my main reason why I would play Four Color Loam, was just so I could play that card. So, I'm pumped to see another list uh, making good use of her. Yeah, Titania's a powerhouse. If you can resolve it, Usually, if you can get maybe one or two lands, you probably can win the game. That card is that card is busted. It's an army in a can. <laughs> it really is just you know pumping out five uh, power creatures left and right. Uh, I love I love the trick. So for for those listening at home, we don't really know what this card is. It's uh what three green green for a five three if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's three three colorless, two green for a five three. That when it comes into battlefield, you can bring a land back from your graveyard to the battlefield. And then whenever a land is put in the graveyard, you make a five three from your from you control. Yeah. So one of my favorites is like casting it, 
get casting Titania, uh, bringing like wastelands back from my graveyard, and then either wasting their lands and getting a five three, or wasting my own land and getting fifteen power for five mana. <laughs> Yeah, like, my favorite is just having, if you do get, like, a mana flood, this deck does sometimes flood out. We have 80, 28 lands, but uh, you basically, you have a Titania, you have some Wastelands or fetch land. you leave it on board, play Titania, get another Wasteland, double Wasteland them, you have 15 power, and they have two lands down. Yeah, it gets out of hand so quickly. So let's let's run down the list that you 5-0'd with, and it's actually a very affordable list for uh, Magic Online standards. Uh, only about 320 tickets on Magic Online, if anyone wants to take this for a spin. Uh, you want to run down the uh, your list? Yeah, so we're going to go down. I'm looking here in Goldfish. It's the creature package. Um, so you just have some ramp. So it started out with four lumber decks, but now we're at two. The card is really good on turn one, but pretty lackluster after turn one. Uh, let's let's read that real quick, because that is a card uh, from you know <laughs> the way back of Magic that I don't think many newer players recognize. I love this. I used to play Orcish Lumberjack back in my like casual days to po- power out Kamal Fist of Krosa and Goblin Sharpshooter, so you would just make all their lands 1-1s one and then kill them with the Goblin Sharpshooters. <laughs> that, that sounds pretty awesome. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so Lumberjack is a one red mana, one one orc that... Uh, uh, it says tap, sacrifice a forest, add three mana in combination of red or green to your mana pool. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. I mean, sack a land, black lotus <laughs> if, if, yeah. for red and green. <laughs> yeah, I refer to it as a, it's like a dark ritual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Orcus Lumberjack can definitely, if you can stick that turn one and if your opponent lets you untap with it, that can get pretty crazy. Yeah, it lets you, if you're playing any sort of versus any non-blue deck, if they let you untap of that, you have a turn two Titania, turn two Knight, turn two Natural Order for Primeval Titan. It, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's basically a uh, must-answer now, otherwise things are getting out of hand card. <laughs> yeah, so for the mana package, you have the Dried Arbor that you can green sun for, two birds, two Orcish Lumberjack, those are your mana accelerants to get up there and then you have some utility creatures of safe one safe sylvan safekeeper one gadok teague the safekeeper lets you sacrifice lands to protect your creatures as well as uh comboing with a titania to sack your entire all your lands and then make like 40 power yeah (laughs) uh so, so sylvan safekeeper utility and a combo piece yeah but the creature that you're mostly green signing for as like to to bridge up to the bigger threats is the four knight of the reliquary yeah which is the I think the addition of Knight made this deck from being a total meme to like actually being playable. It's amazing what a Knight of the Reliquary can do to a deck. <laughs> yeah. That's a good card. So so Knight Knight is there either as a way to tutor up combo, sacrifice lands for Titania, big beat stick, it does everything you want. I really see this also uh, kind of emerging out of the Deathrite Shaman ban because Knight's power was really suppressed during the Deathrite Shaman days just because it was really hard to keep lands that you wanted in your graveyard. And now we're seeing the emergence of all these Knight of the Reliquary decks again. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so pre-ban when I was playing this deck, I had maybe around like a 50% win rate with this online against everything with like Deathrite Shaman. And uh, it just made Knight. Knight was not as strong, and also turn one Defrite, turn to him to Torak, push your bird was just way too strong. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so you had about 50% when Defrite was legal. How did you find your win rate go after the banning? 
Um, currently, it's roughly like 67% or so post-ban. That's pretty damn good. 67% win rate on average <laughs> against the fields. <laughs> yeah, which is like surprising. The So we're going down the creatures again. Yeah. We have the, the two biggest creatures, Primeval Titan and Dragonlord Atarka. <laughs> those are your, those are your uh, haymakers just uh, to close out the game. <laughs> yeah, no. So Primeval Titan is one of those cards that are, you know, it's pretty good when you cast it. But um, if you don't really have anything you want to like cheat into play it's like you have like a ton of mana because you flood out you can green sun for it natural order for it and it can grab like the stage depths combo in the mana base and dragon lord is just a giant 8-8 flying trample that um wipes the board yeah fun fact for those listening at home dragon lord atarka wins versus grizzle brands i've i've experienced <laughs> that firsthand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so Dragonlord is because after the po Deathrite Shaman ban, Death and Taxes became a deck again. And uh Dragonlord is very good against Death and Taxes. Yeah, I believe uh just today uh Bob Hong and Jerry Thompson both said that they think Death and Taxes is the deck to beat in the legacy right now. Yeah, every time I see Death and Taxes, I'm just pretty happy about seeing it. It's just uh <laughs> it's it's a great deck to play against with this deck. Yeah, you just eat its eat its breakfast. <laughs> I can definitely see why. It's like, uh oh, you want to try and choke me on mana? Good luck keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as we go down to the spells, we have two life from the loam, two natural order, three punishing fire, three rotation, four green sun zenith. This is at heart a green sun zenith deck. Mm hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's like it's like Maverick kind of, but yeah, that really it, it, it's like a weird combination of Maverick, four color loam, um, and you know you just have the depths combo sprinkled in there just for fun, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love playing all the all forms of stage depths decks. Everything stage depths merit Lich, I will play it. Yeah, I love that you could just go like Green Sun Zenith for Primeval Titan, find the Dark Depths combo. It's like <laughs> you, it's like you present a lot of threats that your opponent has to deal with right away <laughs> yeah it's sort of like how instead of like in four color loam they like to like stop your opponent through chalice of the void and then kill you with like bob liliana removal here you just don't care about their removal and whatever and you just go bigger right so i'm so basically you're just trying to just go over the top of anything that isn't some like ridiculous combo deck right Yes, except for um, what's that deck called? Uh, the the big Eldrazi deck. You don't go over that one. You don't. Go, uh, that, I bet that would be a pretty interesting matchup. How does that tend to go? Uh, usually, if you can get a wasteland plus life from the low block, you can't lose. But I've definitely lost a game. I lost a match to Big Eldrazi where I wastelanded him six times. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, that deck can uh, definitely put the beads out. Yeah, Grim Monolith plus Votek, he still adds a lot of mana. Oh boy, yeah, I bet. Uh, so finishing out the mana package, you got the four Mox Diamond, that's a hallmark of these kind of styles of decks. Uh, the Sylvan Library as your card selection. And then let's run through, you got some Silver Bullets in your land suite. Yeah, the Silver Bullets here would be the Bajuka Bog, a Dark Deaths. Well, I guess it's a Silver Bullet. Uh, Dark Deaths, uh, you have a Krakus, a Sejuri Step, uh, Scattered Groves as my cycle land of choice. Mm -hmm. um, before this, I didn't... I wanted a second, like, Savannah type effect. A, a second Savannah, but I didn't really want that many duels to get hit by Wasteland. But uh, I think Scattered Groves also helps fix the life from the loam problem, where you're loaming, but you aren't actually getting ahead in cards, and you need spells. Right, and Scattered Groves is the green-white uh, cycle land from Amonkhet? 
Yes, it's the one that you can fetch. It also you can also sack it to Night of the Reliquary, which has been relevant. Oh, yeah, it's the. It, it does have cycling though, right? It's it's. Yes, yeah. it's a two mana cycle, but it has like the. It the, has the um, dual land ty- subtype, so it can be fetched out. Yes, and then you have the three grove of the burn willows for punishing fire. It helps you with the small creature matchups, which is big reason why death and taxes. I consider it pretty good matchup. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so you like you said, you have the punishing fire uh, combo in order to keep the small stuff at bay. Uh, not much removal besides that, though. So is is your plan just you know make blockers if they play anything with more than two toughness? Pretty much. I mean, I guess Tarmogoyf is kind of, like if you can't put anything on board, Tarmogoyf will eat your lunch. But uh, Night of the Reliquary is pretty good at gumming up the ground. Yeah, definitely. And then the Sajiri stuff, Silver Bullet, is to kind of help you punch through. Because I remember the biggest problem with Night of the Reliquary when I used to play it was you would just get in these board states where you couldn't crack through with your Night of the Reliquary, and you had like a 12-12 that was being chump blocked by like <laughs> young Pyromancer tokens. <laughs> Yeah, so mostly Sajiri Step isn't there to like get like a ground creature through, but mostly to get a Merrillage through. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, so you know how in Turbo Deaths, most of the time you get Stonewalled by Strix and then get Diabolic Edict, but uh, in this game, you in this deck, you also have that problem where you might have a board stall, but you slowly assemble the Knight of the Reliquary combo or Stage Steps combo, and then you can fetch up Step with the Knight of the Reliquary or a crop rotation. Definitely. Um, so what would you say are kind of the deck's best matchups? What are you looking to get paired up with? Anything any, anything fair, like uh, Death and Taxes. I think Elves is pretty good. I guess that's not really a fair matchup. Um, Crixus Control, I think, is a fairly even matchup. Um, it depends on their draw. If they draw heavy removal and you draw Mana Doric, it might, might not be so great. But uh, most of, a lot of these decks can't beat Knight of the Reliquary. Um, Rug Delver, the Delver variants are all pretty good matchups. Grixis Delver might be a little harder. They have a lot of true names now, I believe. There may be two or three true names now. Yeah, I have noticed that the Grixis Delvers are up to three true names. Yeah, those decks you just require Merit Lich to win with. But uh, Knight, is, Knight does do a really good job. Um, you also really want to see... Um, well, Miracles can be can be it depends on their miracles build but i found miracles so far to be maybe slightly favored but it depends on the sideboard as well yeah but the the worst matchups you definitely don't want to come across is our decks that play lotus petal sort of like lands okay so basically anything that plays lotus petal you're afraid of <laughs> yeah turbo defs is actually the one deck as with lands is that turbo defs is the one deck that with lotus petal that you actually want to see it's i think it's a pretty easy matchup for this deck turbo defs really how come so you have the maverick thing of knight of the reliquary wasteland krakis uh you have your own stage f's combo uh you have bird blockers you have sorts the plowshares and a sideboard you just have a lot of things that bother hmm. them. You have four wasteland as well. Yeah, so you just kind of rely on the Maverick side of the deck, which seems to be kind of the side of the deck that you're relying in your, a lot of your combo matchups. Yeah, no, against um, combo mostly game one, you rely really heavy on the like the Gadok T. Yeah, if they're playing Storm, you have a hard time versus Reanimator game one. Well, most decks have problems against Reanimator. Um, you also have to lean heavily on maybe the Merit Lage combo to maybe have a chance. 
mm-hmm. to like steal game one. Right. And I mean, people might think, you know, you're you're relying on this one silver bullet card uh, for these, you know, entire swaths of the meta. But uh, you are a Green Sun Zenith package, so you can find your your silver bullets pretty reliably with this list, it looks like. Yeah, being able to find Knight of the Reliquary, Gadok Teague is like fairly easy. You have natural. You also, if you really have to, you can natural order for Gadok Teague. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the worst, the worst uh, natural order trade in existence, but it's sometimes the right move. <laughs> yeah, so, some, sometimes it is the correct move to natural order for Gadok Teague. It, it, it sounds horrible, but you, you have to do what you got to do. Yeah, when that storm opponent is, you know, counting their man on on your turn and <laughs> eyeing their cards and licking their lips a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, though, if you run into someone you know they're 100% Storm, you do have the t- option of turn one Green Sun Zenith for, like, get out Teague. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Sneak and Show is one of the one of the harder ma- one of the hardest matchups game one. I don't think this deck can beat Sneak and Show game one unless they have nothing or they just go show until Emrakul and you have the Krakus. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think I've beat, I think I've beaten uh, Sneak and Show maybe once game one. I don't think I've ever beaten them game one, like barely. <laughs> right. Um, let's talk about your sideboard. So it, it, what answers do you have for these combo matchups in your sideboard? So I've basically given up on the reanimator matchup just, i didn't if you get paired you're just chalking up that loss and getting a lunch yeah like if you run into like you land in on on magic online you just want to you just want to click concede almost but uh, um so in the sideboard i have three thalia of guardian of thraben uh a pything needle two pi- two pyroblasts one relative elemental blast mostly for the combo matchups you you try to board it straight into maverick yeah, kind of with the Thalias, and you have some red blasts, which are really good against sneak and show. Yeah, I mean that package. I mean Thalia is actually the uh, hate bear that is most annoying to play against as sneak and show because it sets you so far back, and it's just an aggressive beater that attacks your face. Yeah, turn one Thalia is a pretty. It's a pretty good possibility of a turn one Thalia with Mox Diamond in this deck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then. For like sneak and show, the blasts are good, Thalia is good, but then against Storm, you do have the Thalias as well. The Pyroblasts are less good. Needle Needle is best for any gri- it's also good against like Sneak and Show for the sneak attack, Grizzlebrand. Mm-hmm. You have Rex Sage for omniscience. I mean, it doesn't come up that often, but I've had it come up before. I've I've had someone Green Sun Zenith for a Rex Age on my omniscience. It is not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I also really enjoyed the put in a Rex Age and hope they put an Omni. Oh, yeah. That, that, that plan is also, uh, yeah. Got the soul read on your opponent. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that remotely is good against Reanimator here is probably the scavenging goose next to the Thalias, but even then, those aren't very reliable. Right. Be- in terms of even if you yeah, get them out turn one, they're sometimes too slow. <laughs> yeah, needle needle is good. Like a lot of times you play against reanimator, they have the nutter butters, and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just happens. Um, so you, yeah, you can cheese. That was them. my experience. That was my experience with surgical extraction in this deck. Was that even if you have surgical in your opening hand, they just go unmask with dotsies and then kill you the next turn. Right. So, you know, you're, you basically decided it's already probably like a 30-70 matchup. There's no point using three of your sideboard slots to turn it into a 35-65 matchup. You're still losing that matchup most of the time. 
Yeah, if you really want to beat Reanimator with this deck, you can play four Leyline of the Void of the Cyborg and call it a day. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But then you're but then you're with the person playing four Leyline of the Void in your sideboard. <laughs> that I mean, Leyline is good against like Dredge, but I think Dredge is already pretty favorable. You have Patrika Bog. Right, exactly. Uh, nice. So I mean, that's that's currently where the deck was placed. You've made some improvements on it. What uh, what upgrades have you made since uh, you five would and got published? Uh, so the cards I'm tested, I've tested like Chalice Little Void in the sideboard, some other weird stuff in the sideboard, but the thing I really enjoy the most right now in the main board is I've added a plateau to the mana base. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, I've added a plateau, which is surprisingly... For the, uh, Punishing uh, Fires? Yeah, so a lot of the times is you would have maybe a green source, one green, but you want to get you green some for dry arbor because you don't want to get wasted off mana kind of. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to get you know removal spell plus wasteland take you off mana completely. But sometimes your hand is a knight of the reliquary and a punishing fire, but you only have one fetch land, and you can't play both. Right. So being able to fetch for plateau to do both has been actually pretty amazing for me yeah for sure i mean that uh i remember playing uh aggro loam you kind of had the same experiences the the mana base does just get super awkward in some hands yeah the mana base was it was a little awkward seeing that you only had two fetchable red sources before with two taigas but uh with the plateau sometimes you just run out of taigas and you need another mountain Right. So getting a plateau is pretty, 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 pretty good here. I've also been trying out uh, a Nissa Vital Force in the as just another threat kind of where you can that you can accelerate out with Lumberjack. I don't know how good that is right now. I've swapped the crop rotation for it. It's probably wrong, but I want to see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely <laughs> sweet. I could see cutting like a Titania for it because it kind of fills that same role in the same curve. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'd be willing to just not play Nissa before I cut a Titania. That card is. Uh, that card just. Believe me, oh, I game. know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that card is so good. <laughs> uh, how often do you find yourself casting Natural Order in this list? Very often. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes like I board it out against every like day spell pierce deck, but in every other matchup, the card is very good. Surprisingly so. Like, a lot of people board out Force of Will against this deck because, you know, you're playing a fair Punishing Fire deck kind of yeah. wasteland, and then they get punished by the Natural Order into Primeval Titan. <laughs> into Dark Depths combo. <laughs> yeah, against, like, Red Green Lands, getting a Primeval Titan is just saying, I am the Lands deck, and <laughs> you need to watch me play Lands. <laughs> Power move. Power move. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, nut, the nut draw is to turn one Orgish Lumberjack, turn two land, fetch up Dryad Arbor, float the mana, crack the Lumberjack, natural order for uh, prime time or something. Yeah, pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, so with the sideboard also, um, I can see myself going up to maybe three or four swords to plowshares if Death Shadow is actually a good deck. Yeah, I actually I wanted to ask you how the Death Shadow matchup plays out. Um, I actually, I, I think it's actually pretty good with the, since you have three Grove of the Burn Willows and you're playing a Knight of the Reliquary Wasteland deck. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about it. The Grove of the Burn Willows are real good against Death Shadow because it's like, up shrink you, up shrink you. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've run across them a few times and I've, every time I have the chance, I do like to do the, the moto trick of 
if they are at 12 life and you have a grove and they have a shadow, you can uh, you can give them life and then undo it and their shadow goes back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very amusing the first time you see it. It's 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 pretty it's pretty funny. Up, oh, he's dead. Up, oh, he's back. Up, oh, he's dead. <laughs> Uh, awesome yeah so okay i mean if death shadow turns into be the powerhouse that everyone's predicting it's turning into uh this deck could definitely uh be really well positioned yeah i like the the grove if you have a grove hand and they can't they can't beat merit lage they can't beat they can beat grove it's just if you if they don't have like maybe a turn two they're at like 10 life shadow already type of thing you can just keep giving them life and just keep making them burn their life it's pretty solid. And then post-board, you just board in Thalia's, Swords to Plowshares, Red Blast. You board out some Punishing Fires for the Plows. Like, a lot of matchups where I don't want Fire, but I want a removal spell, you can swap the Fires for the Plows, and they work pretty well. Yeah. And typically, most decks that are easy able to answer Delver and Death Shadow then usually have problem dealing with Gurmag Angler. Like, Punishing Fire is not very good against Gurmag Angler, but... The rest of your deck just counters Gurmags really well. It's like Titanius can turn Wastelands into trading fodder for Gurmags. Primetime eats it. Dragonlord Gatarka eats Gurmag. Yeah, so uh, the so Romario was streaming. I was streaming with Romario maybe like last week or so, but uh, there was a case where he went Dragonlord, kill your board, and his opponent played a Gurmag, and he's like, all right, Krakus, bounce Dragonlord. Play Dragonlord again, kill your Gurmag. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> that was uh, that was that was that was pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, Gurmag Angler is not really much of a problem. You have Titania Knight. Knight is always usually bigger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this deck uh, this looks looks sweet. I've been try I've been wanting to sleeve Aggro Loan back up, but I might just give this version of uh, a run instead. This seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, if you do, just pray for uh, no no combo. Just hope for fair deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair decks all day. Uh, so let's take a t- take a step back. Uh, how, where did this list come from? Like, where did, you mentioned you saw a list on the source that uh, kind of gave you the inspiration, but you know what led to this iteration? Yeah. So first off, it was originally red green. This it's called red green stuff by Adrian on the source. Um, it was just this really janky pile of like four Xanthid Swarm, four Tinder Wall, something. It was something, some nonsense. I don't know. I don't know how it looks like. He changed it. But um, eventually, I just shaved off like Tinder Walls, shaved off to like actual good magic cards like bir- birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like actual consistent mana sources. His original list was more of a Turbo Defs type deck where you played Pithing Needles. Were you to stop Wasteland instead of just playing your own Wastelands and just focusing more on like the Dark Deaths combo? It had three Dark Deaths, four stages with like the red green, but it was only 22 lands and four natural order. Yeah, this is an interesting list. So it's like three Pithing Needle main, birds, two Deathrite rip. Uh, Dragonlord Atarka, four Orcish Lumberjack, Scavenging Ooze, Sylvan Safekeeper, Tireless Tracker, four Titania, two Dryad Arbor. I, the Xanted Swarm is so confusing. <laughs> I don't know. He he likes Xanted Swarm in every deck I've seen him put up, including Turbo Defs. It's, 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 it's a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes sure your creatures resolve. <laughs> it's, that's true. But um, I think the closest list that I've 
started working out with here was um, it's supposed to here I put, gave it to Dice, but um, this was back when there was still Defra Shaman, so I played things like Chameleon Colossus. That card was really good against File. Oh man, Chameleon Colossus—that's uh, a card they used to see playing Elves back in the day. It's like pay X, it becomes an XX, and all your creatures are XX and something like that. Yeah, so the, so the deck shifted toward more toward like a white splash after I felt that Storm was unbeatable, or I could not, I couldn't unwinnable, I could not beat Storm, and I just wanted to add white for like Gaddock Teague or something because I'm playing a Green Sun deck, and then I figured, you know what else is good with lands? Knight of the Reliquary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go figure. Yeah, so I was I was playing some knights with like two Savannas or something like that, and then I had one or two Mox Diamonds, and then I figured that I always wanted to see Mox Diamond, and four Mox Diamond became standard, and then Loam got added in because Loam Mox Diamond. Right. <laughs> they started looking closer to like an Aggro Loam Maverick Shell, but I think I'm pretty happy at where it's at right now. I think another big change was I went from two Dried Arbor to one Dried Arbor, three Dark Deaths to one Dark Deaths, and four Staged to two Staged. Those cards are all very good together, but the problem is opening up with one Dark Deaths in your happening is already mulligating to six. Right. You basically never want to actually uh, play out of Dark Deaths. Yeah, Dark Deaths is just... That card is... I, I love Dark Deaths, but Dark Deaths is just so bad when you draw it. <laughs> right. And unlike uh, Aggro Loam, you don't have the uh, Urborg to turn it into an actual land. Yeah, so funnily enough, you speak of Urborg, but I'm looking at uh, one of my uh, older lists ah. that I was messing around. So I liked it sort of like Turbo Devs, and I want it to go stage forest Dark Devs and then rotate for the win. So I did have an Urborg in one of my one of my older lists. So it was. So I, I have tried Urborg in this deck. It's it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> It's essentially a colorless land. I've also had a Cavern of Souls at one point, and I've managed to go Cavern Naming Dragon, Hardcast Dragon Lord. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do you, is there a certain amount of being conscious of your opponent? Like, how worried are you about counter magic? Are you just trying to jam as many threats through? Um, you just want to jam, you just look at them and if they have force of will, that's fine. They just two for one themselves. You just play another threat. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Like recently this weekend, I, I was at a weekly win a box event with this deck and I played against miracles and I pow I managed to power through four force of wills, a counter spell, three source of plowshares, a snapcaster. It was, it was, it was crazy. Damn. That is some resilience I can appreciate. Yeah, it's pretty... Due to the fact that it's a Life and Loam Wasteland deck, and you have just have a lot of big threats, your threat density, you can power through counter magic fairly easily if they don't have any pressure to back it up with. Yeah, so you, you just don't feel the need to run things like uh, Chalice or uh, Cavern of Souls or Aether Vial because you're just, uh, you know, you're such a threat-dense deck. Um, you know, if you lose one, it doesn't really matter that much. Pretty much. Um, sometimes, though, like, they don't know what's in your deck, which is the biggest thing. They don't know what you're playing. Like, maybe you have Chalice at a Void and then maybe you don't, and that's like, oh, there's a natural order. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can definitely see Surprise Factor being a big advantage of this deck. 
Um, I'm sure you get some nice reactions online out of it. <laughs> yeah, having someone getting Dragon Lorded for the first time is just pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, what are what are kind of some of the, your most memorable moments with the deck? Um, being able to go probably like natural order. I think I remember playing against um, like Checkpile. I went. I managed to Cavernous Souls Dragon Hardcast kill your Jace, your Baleful Strix, and your Defrite. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. Also, um, this I played um, a Coslex return in the sideboard, or one or two of them, and I managed to like five for one a Maverick player of it. <laughs> It was uh, that card is that card is pretty good right now. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, so, if someone kind of wanted to pick this up, what what would you kind of give them as advice? Uh, what are the pitfalls to watch out for? You need some. You need to look at your opening seven and ask yourself: Does it do anything by turn two <laughs> or turn three? When is your first time? You when is the fastest you can deploy? Maybe a knight or something. Hmm. Hmm. You need a mulligan fairly aggressively with this deck. Gotcha. So it's it's better to go down a card than keep a hand that just has lots of dead cards that you're never going to get to. Sort of like if your hand is like, what, three lands, a knight, a knight, and maybe like, a, let me see, like a, like a Titania or natural order, and you can't really cast those things until turn three or turn four, I would chip that hand. Right, even though it's a you know balanced mix of spells and lands, you have the right colors. You're just not doing anything. You're just going to get run over, especially game one. I'm assuming. Yeah, most of the times your ideal hand will have a mox diamond, maybe some interaction, a wasteland, a threat, a life and loam, something like that. Hmm. Nice. So, is this a deck that you're you see yourself playing for the for the future, or is it something that you're still making changes to? I've been playing this because the deck I've played before, the banning was mostly turbo defs, and I really like that. But uh, I think post ban, I don't think turbo defs is as good, despite the ch- the challenge results on Sunday. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom Hep is going to have words with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I tried his deck. He, I, I've never managed a five zero his deck. I've only gone four one with that deck. <laughs> it's a it's a tricky uh, deck. I don't know if you know the history, but our my co host Pat. Uh, plays with Tom a lot, and uh, he uh, Pat has managed to do things like uh, pithing needle his own polluted deltas. So it's it's a, it's a difficult deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember playing that deck was I managed to surgical on my opponent's show and tells needle the sneak attacks, but my opponent managed to get to ten mana and card cast Omni and kill me with Emrakul. Oh, I did that today. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that felt really bad. I was like, I'm I'm just cursed. Can't can't do. <laughs> Don't feel bad. It actually happens more often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah. The worst is I drew the combo piece right before he did that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, I've been hardcasting a lot of omnisciences lately. I just feel the format is slowed down a bit for a lot of the matchups that aren't the Death Shadow matchup. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just find myself hardcasting omniscience a lot lately. That's uh, that's surprising. <laughs> a lot more wastelands in the format now. Yeah. So, I mean, with with the kind of meta shaping up, how do you feel about this deck going? Are you attending GP Richmond? Uh, no, I did not plan to, but I did plan to play. Like, I know 
I'm in I'm on the West Coast, so Channel Fi- I'm next to Channel Fireball. Mm-hmm. So they have like a weekly, they have a monthly like a 2K coming up. I was planning to play this deck there. Oh, nice. So uh, you definitely feel good about this deck's prospects in the meta. Yeah, I think it's fairly solid in the meta as long as your opponent isn't playing Storm or Sneak and Show. I think that you have a decent time against them. Yeah, so basically you're just, like you said, cross your fingers and hope you get fair. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, even if they're playing unfair, just hope they're playing, uh, let's see, what was it, Sneak and Show and not Reanimator. Yeah. Uh, re- <laughs> Reanimator's the boogeyman for everyone. <laughs> yeah, you just need to dodge Reanimator and just maybe play all the Grix, all the people trying to play Grixis Control. That is that is what matchup you want to play. Or Death and Taxes. That, is, that would be the dream matchup. It's just Death and Taxes all day. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a sweet list. Anything else you kind of wanted to would talk about the list? Yeah, I think the sideboard can be chain- tuned to whatever meta you want. You have a lot of combo. Just cut all the fair stuff, like choke, and just play Leyline of the Voids, Thorn of Amethyst, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are what are some other kind of like sideboard options and what? sort of metas would you expect these sideboard options for yeah and the sideboard if you expect more dnt more like creature small creatures i would definitely go up coslix return up the swords to plowshares and just play mono removal you're playing a red you have a bunch of red sweepers a card i've been meaning to try has been a sudden demise what does that do again it's a red x pay x mana and it deals x damage to creatures of a color you choose like green you deal x damage to all green creatures oh that's funny is that is that a new card no i think it was in commander 2013 let me see uh sudden demise yeah i had um i had a goblins opponent cast that against me game one and i got (laughs) i got all my birds swept i was like what happened (laughs) oh man that's that that's funny so I guess downside with that is it doesn't get the Eldrazi threats and true name, but basically anything else is fair game. Yeah, I would only want that. I think Cosmic Return is still a little better, though. Just that Cosmic Return instant speed, kill Mother of Ruins is just so big. Yeah, that is huge with Cosmic's Return. Yeah, um, another sideboard option if you want more fair matchups is Ramanab Excavator. Mm-hmm. That card has so far, or Tireless Tracker, those two cards have been really good. I just haven't really found space for them in the main board. Right, because, I mean, the list does look very tight. Even though you're running, you know, running them as a silver bullet if you if you wanted to, there isn't much to cut. Yeah, like, that's why my crop rotation number is a little wacky. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, usually crop rotation's a, a solid four of all the time. But uh, I just found that maybe I just want to shave that, and I think three crop rotation is just a very good number. Sort of like how Agrolone plays two green sun. Most of the time, you just want that effect, but you don't always need it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that is that is kind of the inherent problem I always find with these types of decks, is there's so many sweet cards that you usually wouldn't get to play with in Legacy that you want to just jam into them. Yeah, if you really want to beat fair decks, you can always play like Thrag Tuss, Whisper <laughs> yes. all these fun cards. <laughs> Just turn into a Nick Fit deck. <laughs> yeah, I also, I also play Nick Fit. <laughs> yeah. 
You have some Sylvan, yeah, like Sylvan Library. You can play that. That card is very good against if you're expecting miracles, if you expect reanimator, play some surgicals, ley lines. Just a lot of good cards you can put into the sideboard. Crows and Grip is also a good one. Yeah, for sure. That uh, that card can do some work. Yeah, a card I've been really meaning to try was been Carpet of Flowers, which a lot of some like uh, the Nick Fit people have been talking about again. And I thought maybe that's a good idea. I can drop maybe a turn two Titania without Lumberjack. <laughs> oh yeah, you just like play turn one Carpet of Flowers and like just look at your opponent. It's like, would you like to make a land drop? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That just sounds very interesting to me. But as you said before, the slots are really tight, and I don't know what to cut. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think it is important, though, to have these these sorts of lists, uh, just showing that you don't have to play blue to be competitive in Legacy. That, that's true, but the problem with that is, if you want to play a non-blue deck, you need cards like Mox Diamond. That card is that card is absurd in price right now. Yeah, I know, for real. Um, with it, I would also say just Mox Diamonds from... At least, if it plays anything like Aggro Loam used to play, Mox Diamond is not something you can skip on. You can't build a budget version of this deck and just replace like mox diamond with chrome moxes and hope it'll be okay (laughs) yeah if you only have maybe one or two mox diamonds or no mox diamonds you can actually just super budget it and just play four birds of paradise and it's you probably (laughs) maybe lose a few more games but uh birds is a definitely a decent replacement like surprise bird is still like pretty solid like it still trades for a removal spell you're still fine with that oh man hear that people you heard it here first respect the birds <laughs> yeah like people let you untap with bird you have a turn two night it's just the card is good i think it's true i mean i feel if someone resolves a bird of paradise against me i, ha- I have a chuckle and i'm like okay that's cool and i don't really think much of it but yeah you're right it can just you know really bite you in the ass if you don't answer it immediately both the birds is still very much a relevant saying yeah in this case it's both the lumberjack <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i'm definitely bolting the lumberjack like i i know lumberjack is up to no good <laughs> Yeah, I was playing against a Rug Delver opponent, and I went and turned my Lumberjack on the play, and he went Force of Will. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look at him. Look, he's standing there. He's not wearing a shirt. He looks like the brawny man. That is definitely Force material. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty funny. He's just like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't want to see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, the things you see with this deck are pretty great. Like, I just recently I was playing against Nick Fit, and he went flashback therapy named Dragonlord Atarka. Good. <laughs> like, a lot of you see a lot of weird stuff with this deck, like, happen. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, that's... I, I like playing... I, I like doing that. Like, when I played Turbo Defs, the first time people saw Expedition Map in Legacy, that was... People got a lot of chuckles when they force a it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just goes to show you uh, respect cards. Yeah, you may you may think it's a uh, kind of a joke, but when it crashes in for the win, you'll uh, you'll think differently. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of thing in legacy is that if you can play a lot of the newer modern cards that wizards keep printing out, wizards loves making good creatures. And like green spells, and I think that with each new set, you get more and more like cards that make non-blue more viable. Yeah, but I mean, like we said though, it's already kind of getting at saturation where there's so many good things to play. It's hard to choose what you want to play. 
Yeah, like with the the blue thing, like Wizards isn't going to print like another good blue cantrip or something. Like they're not likely going to print another good like ponder effect. Yeah, I mean the the only thing better than Ances- than brainstorm is ancestral recall, and Wizards is not making ancestral recalls. So like, blue- yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see them going like what printing a brainstorm draw three put one back. Yeah, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> so we've we've kind of reached the ceiling as far as good blue cantrips, but. Uh, they do keep pushing the envelope on creatures, especially green creatures. Yeah, maybe one day we'll see like an actually good bant bant deck. <laughs> oh man, shots fired! Tom Smiley is uh, not going to be pleased. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen Bant do that well. Maybe like what turn one hierarch, turn two true name is like probably their best play. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, didn't read Duke uh, top top eight uh, a GP with uh, Bant blade. Yeah, didn't he also have four Defra Shaman, too? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could argue it was a bug deck splashing white for Swords to Plowshares. <laughs> I mean, it was also it was also Reed Duke. I think he can top eight with anything he wanted. Uh, no no respect for the Bant list. Uh, uh, Red-green stuff, mortal enemy, Bant decks. It's a feud as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do well with the the band, the like the reduced style decks after he top eight it. I don't think anybody did well with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what are what are kind of the most fun matchups? Like not necessarily the ones that you crush or ones. Uh, like what are the most enjoyable kind of plays you get to experience with the deck? Um. I think that versus like. I think miracles is actually fairly fun, but uh, that I think that that experience might differ based off your draws and his draws. But if you're both drawing fairly even and you're not locked out by Jace, I think it's fairly it's it's okay. I think it's fairly fun. Nice, All right? Just kind of like the interaction between uh, between the decks and kind of staring each other down. Yeah, red green lands is also sort of interesting, where you're trying to race to find primeval titan and they're trying to stop you kind of type of thing while you also have like your own stage f's combo and you can bounce their stage defs it's just the very it, the the, ten, the balance between those that matchup is actually pretty fun too <laughs> nice uh from the lands perspective i think lands would uh disagree because i think they uh they don't really like playing at least the aggro low matchups <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think i don't think lands likes this matchup a lot because they see you just go oh natural order for uh for a primeval titan now the game's over <laughs> yeah it's like oh you played exploration that's cute primeval titan <laughs> yeah my exploration aggro- finds him <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Agrolom has a good time against this deck. I've played it, and it's just like, I feel like I'm just a better better punishing fire deck, kind of. Right, just because, I mean, uh, thinking about, like, pair it, matching up Agrolom against this deck, like, what I would do, um, I feel things like your Dirt Confidants are kind of a weakness, uh, because they're going to get picked off uh, by the Punishing Fire. So I guess it really does come down to a bit of a Punishing Fire war to see who can get their accelerants to stick. Yeah, I also think that it depends if you're playing Bajuga Bog or not in your Agrolum list. If you're not playing that, you might have a harder time with Knight. But if I because I play Bog, you can always do a Punishing Fire, tutor up Bog, you have no Knights. Mm-hmm. Right, basically Bog them, exile the graveyard, and then Punishing Fire the Knight. 
Yeah, no, what you want to do is you punishing fire first to get the two damage on yep. it. Yep. <laughs> and then you bog it so they don't have a chance to they don't have a chance to go get another land. Right, exactly, because the bog removes the uh lands to the graveyard, the knight sees it goes to two two, sees it as two damage and dies instantly before it can uh trigger and search up another land or uh like pop a fetch or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe lands does have a bad time. You you have you play four knights. Lands have a problem with knights. Nice. So the fun matchups also happen to be matchups that you tend to win. So good. Looks <laughs> into your Mir- miracles. Is a... <laughs> miracles can swing either way. DNT can. I don't think actually DNT is that interesting. DNT is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Kill your guys. Hope they don't play. Rest in peace. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, uh, any big events coming up that uh, you're playing? You said you mentioned Channel Fireball is a little uh, ways away. Um, do they have any kind of big events you're planning? Yeah, that's the only one I think I'm planning to do in the next month or two. I think they have it on the 26th, their 2K. Um, and then I usually just do their Sunday. We have a Storica Anime Imports in Pacifica. We I usually do a win a box there every Sunday. It's pretty competitive there. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, do you do you see Cyrus down there? Uh, I see Cyrus uh, Corman Gill, right? Yes, uh, leaving a legacy intern. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I see him like at the every like two K, four K, whatever. We see each other there. I saw him at the GP. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, I get what. Tell us a bit about kind of just uh, West Coast because we're mostly a New England focused uh, group. What's uh, what's it like playing Magic out on the West Coast? Yeah, so here in the West Coast, in or specifically, I think San Francisco Bay Area, that is a uh, this is, Bay Area legacy is pretty active. I'm not sure too sure outside of the Bay Area, but I know around here, South Bay, the in the Peninsula, wherever you have like basically, you can find legacy any day of the week. Nice. So which is like yeah. pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty surprising. Like a lot of places, legacy is like pretty much dead. But um, here it's you can have an event every day. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is like just selective viewership or what the term is, but everyone keeps saying like legacy's dead around the country. But then I keep talking to people from all over the country saying, yeah, our legacy seems amazing. We got events every day, like St. Louis, Seattle, uh, Arizona, Rocky Mountains. It's just like, where are these legacy dead zones? Everyone keeps talking about. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like maybe if you don't live like near like a large city or urban area, areas you're probably not likely to find legacy you're more likely to find modern right but i mean i feel that just has to do with you're also probably not likely to find that many magic players in general that's fair enough that's true if you live in nowhere (laughs) you aren't gonna see anybody anyways (laughs) right (laughs) yeah Uh, awesome uh well anything else you kind of wanted to cover before we uh we wrap this up yeah, I think that if you wanted to play this deck, I would proxy it first and not buy into it directly. You might not like the fact that you lose the variance as often because you don't play blue. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that it's a fun deck to play, but I wouldn't really use it as your main deck type of thing. Yeah, and I mean, while this is a non-blue list that doesn't run very many dual lands, like we pointed out, the Mox Diamonds, jeez, that sets the price up. So it's about $2,400 in paper, $1,000 of which is in the Mox Diamonds alone. <laughs> yeah, the, the duels, 
previous to maybe four or five months ago was very cheap. You had two taigas and one savanna. Yeah. Uh, but even now, wow, two taigas and savannas are like 200 bucks a piece. Yeah, now taigas are closer to 120 now for like MP, I think, and savannas are like 120 as well for MP if you can find them on Facebook groups. If you buy my shops, of course, they're about 200, but. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the list uh, can be budgeted, especially if you already have your Mox Diamonds. Like me, I'm so happy I picked up Mox Diamonds way back in the day when they were like 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I picked up Mox Diamonds last year for 55 I think, each. I-, I sold them when they hit 125 thinking that maybe this was the peak, and then I'd buy in later again, but uh, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So you you bought low, sold high, and then you bought higher. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually don't have any more diamonds. I'm just planning to borrow them from someone oh, okay. else. <laughs> the legacy economy is a, a continuous circle of people lending each other the same card over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's pretty much. Just borrow diamonds whenever you need them. It's like, did you ever see, uh, what's the, st- the big short? <laughs> it's the big short, but with magic yes. cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a, that's a good comparison. <laughs> uh, the legacy meta is a subprime mortgage scheme. <laughs> I mean, I feel like with the reserve list, it's sort of like that, but that's a different topic. <laughs> oh man, that's we're gonna go into like a three-hour episode. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, Gary, thanks so much for coming on. This was a blast. Thanks for t- talking about the deck with us. All right, thank you very much for having me on here. Yeah, um, if people want to find you, kind of ask you about the deck, where they can, where can they get a hold of you? Um, just you can just message me on Facebook. I'm on the Legacy group, the Leaving Legacy, or if you're, you know, want to join, we do have the San Francisco Bay Area Journal group. Maybe you can find me there. I don't. That's pretty much <laughs> nice. And uh, you play, you do most of your play uh, Magic on Magic Online. Yes, I've mostly play on Magic Online as Solnox. Pretty sure, I believe I have that salty rep still. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, a salty rep? Are you are you a uh, salt lord? <laughs> uh, if you're playing Black Red Reanimator or you're playing uh, Miracles, I'm usually pretty salty if you're playing those two decks. <laughs> uh, does Does Eric Landon just have a have a photo album of all your reaction posts? <laughs> possibly i don't know <laughs> oh, awesome so yeah uh if you get bear to get solox uh get prepared to get titania don <laughs> yeah i think that uh I, I played against you online before yeah no i, I, think, I think we've definitely played before <laughs> yeah I, I remember i think you you show you show and tell me and then i you showed and tell me turn one and then i killed you on turn two yep. and then on game three <laughs> i killed you on turn three again or something yeah it, it's, it was some fun matchups. <laughs> I, I don't mind losing to Spice. <laughs> and uh, Sneak and Show versus Turbo Devs is fairly, fairly straightforward. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a very good matchup for us. Don't really like it very much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If you, can, if you want to find me, you can always find me on the Discord, the, um, the NickFit Discord, the Lands Discord. I'm usually there, those two. Awesome. Um, you can find Pat at Pat Uglo. You can find me at G, uh, JMEE3RD on Twitter. Join the Facebook group. Uh, also, Carrie, before we head out, we have a little tradition. We do scoops and poops. Uh, anyone you want to scoop into Top 8, give a shout out to? I'd scoop into Top 8 Zach Wong. He goes by XSparky on Reddit. 
and on Discord, best Ruglands players in the in the country, I believe. Oh, <laughs> quite a claim, quite a claim. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And poops, any anything that grinds your gears or you want to get off your chest? <laughs> Uh, you land in for ruining every every league I play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, awesome! I appreciate good. <laughs> uh, I am gonna scoop in Ryan O'Laughlin. Thanks for sending us that foil Japanese bajuka bog. Uh, we're gonna get that up silent auction on the Facebook group. So if you guys are interested in that. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'll have that go to the highest bidder. I'll go into Children's Organ Transplant of America for Wesley. And my poops, uh, I'm going to poop on Patrick with his lame excuse that his hotel Wi-Fi was too laggy to jump on tonight's episode. I know he's just hanging out by the pool eating his uh, Boston Market hand-delivered to his poolside chair. (laughs) 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 Check back in with us next week, guys. We'll have another awesome episode for you. Hope you have a good night. Yeah,